This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, comedy albums. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hey you. So I know that you're sitting at home doing nothing because we're in the middle of the COVID crisis and you've watched every Netflix special, you've listened to every podcast episode in your queue, and you're wondering what else to listen to. Comedy albums would have really been useful right now if it was still a living art form. Right now it's just comics who do their stand-up specials and record them, but there was a time when people would get really creative looking back at radio theater and comedy and, I mean, it's like SNL on, on audio only. This week I wanted to talk about that. These are some of the comedy albums that were groundbreaking and really fun to listen to, and in in the case of the Chevy Chase album, really horrible to listen to, but in a train wreck kind of way, interesting. I, I recommend it. We're going to have a whole playlist of comedy albums that you can listen to that are on YouTube that are really going to be handy for you in these troubling times of COVID. As we record this, we're in like what, month three of lockdown? So, assuming at some point in the future there's still an internet, you should go give these a listen. Anyway, let's get, uh, uh, let's get jumping. Let's, let's, let's do this thing. Let's, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Yeah. Eric just woke up, everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> also, the ladies love Cool James. This is true. Clear. Yeah. Uh, I like that you, you, you led with the, uh, the hit song from the movie The Hard Way, starring Michael J. Fox and James Wood. Was that in The Hard Way? Yeah, that was the end credits to The Hard Way. Oh, my gosh. That was, that was the, the cool preview <laughs> for uh, of that song Deadpool 2. That was part of the Michael J. Fox, James Wood. Yeah. Well, also, Classic yeah. The hard way. Well, also the uh, the video with LL Cool J, you can see like the the uh, deodorant strips on his armpits uh, when he's in the fighting ring. That's also a vivid memory uh. from the early nineties. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, that's Mama said knock this you. This is out. the Magnus in the Huge Podcast, everybody, and we're just getting warm. Yeah. Um, my my name is Brian. My name is Eric. Else has a name. Sorry, I had to let my cat out of the room. Uh, this is Chris. <laughs> like, I don't know if you have animals that bug the shit out of you, but if I close the door to the room where I, I record this, uh, and he's in it, then he makes a ruckus to get out. And then once he's out, he's like, no, wait, no, no. I want back in. How dare you shut the door? And he makes a <laughs> lot of noise to get back in. And so I let him in. And then this goes on for, like, uh, eternity. Uh, so... Lesson learned, cats are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, that's Chris. He has an asshole cat. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, the other guy, 
I'm Eric. I, I said, yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, I, we have a new dog and he eats poop and that, I, that is just revolting <laughs> to me. I'm like, like really, his own, really his own poop or uh, other dog poop, uh, other or cats poop, poop. And, okay, and okay. I, I'm like, no, this is not cool. Why? And Tanya tells me, no, Martini used to do that. I'm like, no, 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 not Princess Martini. She never did that. Oh, yeah, she did that when she was a puppy. So it's like, ugh. Yeah. I don't like uh, that. Yeah, dogs can't get down. I'm not down with that, no. Well, you know. <laughs> when Eric says he eats shit, he means it figuratively. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so... I I was it's quarantine time still kind of not really except in Arizona or I don't know we're still in the midst of the coronavirus thing but now we've just gone full libertarian and it's every man for himself and there is no coordinated response <laughs> of any sort pretty much and um I I bring this up because we're doing greetings and the Budweiser company revived the WhatsApp commercial with all of those guys same guys. On a Zoom in call? In their houses. On a Zoom call. Calling each other on the phone. Yeah. One guy actually had a phone on a wall. Like, I'm, that's still a thing. I'm really enjoying the creativity of advertising companies who are all doing the Zoom com- conference call riff for their products. Like Progressive has one. It's just really uh, not tired at all. And I appreciate the yeah. fact that they are uh, doing that. How are you still seeing commercials? Where do you see uh, commercials? YouTube. Uh, YouTube. And then uh, the Hulu package I've got, I'm not poning up for the no yeah. commercials because that's like an extra uh, five bucks. So you get a bunch as well. Here, here's the thing. I ponied up for the no commercials. You still get commercials yeah, so see, on a lot of things. See, you're getting ass raped for nothing. You're paying five bucks for yeah. uh, nothing. I need to tone it well, down. That's what they like said the about level. satellite radio too. I mean, you're, they're always going to... Oh, or cable TV in the beginning. Yeah. They always say, oh, and you get around the commercials, and they give you commercials. Yeah. It's, you, yeah, you, not so much. You can't get away from the commercials. No. Uh, so there you go. Uh, yeah. So have you been watching anything else besides uh, commercials? Like any, oh, any, you, mean, you mean like any... <laughs> any frosh mare? Le frosh is mere! Oh, shit. No, but I got some fresh shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> this shit is fresh. I'm still watching Future Man. I'm still, you know, I'm still, I'm sorry, getting through that show. Um, don't have anything new to add. Go watch it. Is it? Um, is it uh, still good? Is it? It's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, it's it. Like I said, this third season, they're taking the time travel thing uh, to crazy extents, so they're able to bring in characters throughout history, kind of Bill and Ted style, and it's nice. just, it's gone completely bonkers. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, Bogus, um, Bogus Journey was on the other day, and I was watching uh, some of that, and I always forget uh, when they wind up in heaven with all of the <laughs> historical figures. It's always a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. So... I've been, I was, I'm trying to find a video game to sink my teeth into, and I have this problem in that most modern games are all trying to be Skyrim, and they all think they need to be 100 (laughs) hours long, and they all need to have, like, extensive foraging and crafting systems, and, like, a million NPCs who need shit, and, like, I don't got time for any of this. I, I, I find this, this whole trend in game design utterly not for me. Um, 
So I was keying off of the news. There's been some rumors that there, there's going to be a big like package of old 3D Mario games uh, for the Switch for the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. But among those that you really would have a hard time porting to the Switch is the Super Mario Galaxy 2 for the Wii. Um, so I busted out the Wii U and I'm playing Super Mario Galaxy 2 through again. Uh, which relies heavily on the the Wii motion controller. And god damn, is that the kind of game I do want. It's bite-sized <laughs> chunks of total video game, like, madness. They they break the rules constantly. Gravity doesn't always work the way you think it would work. You, you get different abilities. You, you're just thrown through crazy transitions. And it's just sort of ADD Mario gaming. And... Yes, that was what I needed. Little bite-sized chunks of wackiness. That makes me want to whip out the PlayStation 2 and play some Ratchet and Clank now. Thanks. That's not a bad choice. Ratchet and Clank is, is pretty sweet. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, mm. Eric says, mm. Mm. have you anything to add on Ratchet <laughs> so, yeah. and Clank? You just, hmm. No, no, nothing. Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah. He has anything to add for Mario or Ratchet Clank. So <laughs> things that make you um, go. Mm. The thing I watched. Um, so this weekend, the Prince Estate, in an effort to start capitalizing on the fact that they are the Prince Estate, uh, having having uh, been part of the big Sheila E. Prince tribute concert a few weeks back, uh, now they were released for the weekend. A, a video of a, 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 a live taping of a Prince concert circa 1984, the Purple Rain Tour. So we watched really low quality, VHS quality video of a Prince concert <laughs> yeah. from 1984. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird stuff. My wife watched one on Friday for, uh, I, think it was just, I think it was the Smiths. It was like 1991. And they played in Dallas, and she basically watched the whole thing, but it was only like an hour long because at the end, the audience basically stormed the stage, and then everything <laughs> just collapsed into anarchy, and the show was over. I'm like, that sounds like every Morrissey show like ever, though, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, Prince and the Revolution, circa 1984. First of all, man, oh man, is that some hair? That is some big, big hair. Who on um, Prince or like on Sheila E? Uh, actually, his his hair is the smallest, but like Wendy, the guitarist, her hair is is monstrous. The the keyboardist has ridiculous big '80s hair. Yeah, yeah, they they had some hair. I'm gonna wager um, that uh, that Prince is wearing the largest heels though, right? Always, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. he had these pants that were all just see-through lace in the back. So it was just like, <laughs> oh, God. It was like basically assless chaps of pants that you know uh. it, he was showing off. And and that's the thing about a Prince show, right? Is it's like horny, horny, horny Jesus, horny, hor- Jesus, horny, yeah. horny Jesus. You know, and that was. <laughs> Like Jesus, okay. you're rolling your eyes, or Jesus no, actually no, no, the like, Savior, like, Jesus. Like religious imagery, that kind of thing. Ah, uh, yeah, it's like hardcore, yeah, big time. So it's it's been what I don't know, thirty six years or something, and it was only by watching this concert that I could fully make out the lyrics to the song "I Would Die for You." 
and it's a Jesus song. <laughs> it's about Jesus would die for your sins. Well, and yeah. I have not realized this my entire life until now. Yeah. Well, I don't want to blow your mind, but uh, Little Red Corvette is also about Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I can't imagine L- how. L- yeah, little, no, it's pretty heavy. Little Nicky. Little Nicky. That's, that's about Jesus. Yeah. Did you know well, that? That's just it, though. Jesus. Like, they bring down all the lights and they have the voice of God, like, castigating Prince. And he's like, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. And then they play Little Nicky. And it's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, people did a lot anyway. more drugs back then, Brian. So, you know. Oh, there's so much cocaine fueling this show. <laughs> like, there, there's no way. Like, there's whole segments where people just go off stage and they're just kind of vamping. And it's like, yeah, someone had to do some more lines because, whoo, you know. Yeah. Energy. I always thought Prince of... was mildly interesting, but it's that's about it. It stops there. I, uh, well. I see footage of, you know, later day Prince concerts, like his performance. Probably the best Prince concert video to watch is his Super Bowl halftime show uh, towards, the, towards the end of his life. Yeah. Man, was that something else. Or when you watch him do the guitar solo on the tribute to George Harrison, where it's like Tom Petty and Jeff Lynne from ELO and uh, Steve Winwood and a whole bunch of people playing my, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and then Prince just kind of saunters out and plays this insane guitar solo and, and walks away and he just mops the floor with Tom Petty. It always makes me think of uh, the Chappelle Show sketch uh, when Charlie Murphy <laughs> wouldn't recount the stories and the one with Prince. I swear, it makes me piss my pants every time because it just, who wants pancakes? You know, <laughs> it's just so perfect. <laughs> so that's all I'm thinking of right now. So anyway, now. that's pretty much all I got this this uh, this week. What what about you guys? You didn't watch Scoob? Fuck no, I didn't watch Scoob. <laughs> okay. What's you Scoob? watch Scoob? Scoob? Scoob is the... I have hated Scooby-Doo yeah. since I was a child. Why would I do that? It's like the only real big no. release on streaming this week uh, where they did a, a movie about Scooby-Doo, but it's updated. I think Will Forte does Shaggy. Oh. Uh, it basically, it's... Yeah, it, and it's the beginning of the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe because yeah. it's also got Captain Caveman <laughs> and Captain yeah. Falcon and Dynamite. Yeah, Blue Falcon and Dynamite. No! And the, and the girl from no. uh, Captain Caveman. The, basically, this is all... I, I only bring it up because I read this insane review of it and the plot sounds just fucking bizarre. But basically, uh, Dastardly is the villain and he's got to get blood or something from scooby-doo to get his dna because it's the only thing that'll help open a portal to hell i mean that's like the gist of the story this is a scooby-doo thing well, i mean yes scooby-doo should yeah have something to do with opening a portal to yeah, hell that yeah. makes some sense but i only i only brought it up because you you tend um, to like to watch the new stuff but now in the age of quarantine uh even you won't watch the I new mean, stuff <laughs> no i will not watch scoob exclamation okay. point okay. no fuck that all right Did, now that no, that's clear. I hate Scooby-Doo. I have always hated Scooby-Doo. Damn. Why was it such a big thing? Okay. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Great. So, so now that we've covered what we haven't watched, what, what about you, Eric? You got any fresh shit? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I, 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 uh, 
in the the in theater rental i i could not resist this uh even mm-hmm. though it was expensive and and looked like it was going to be shit did you know they made a jukebox musical version of valley girl yes oh you didn't <laughs> yes oh oh god <laughs> The trailer wasn't enough to make you not do that? The trailer yeah, made just... me want to see it. Really? Wow. That's okay, keep going. Yeah, that's keep incredible. Going. Yeah. This I gotta hear. Yeah, you gotta tell us all about it, because Brian and I are obviously never gonna watch this I, thing. I'm... Yeah, I'm getting oh, no. it. Um, I watched it, and I thought of uh, the 80s cruise, which is just a bunch of 80s music and like a bunch of dressing like the 80s, and I was like, this... This looks vaguely charming. I think I need to see this. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad, but, but it was <laughs> it was bad in all the ways you expect, and it was good in all the ways I was hoping, which is, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know. Sort of a rose-colored glasses look back at the 80s and that what's her name um deborah foreman um, alicia silverstone thank you alicia silverstone is is the one looking back with rose-colored glasses so she's our framing element for all this Ooh. um Ooh. yeah yeah Ooh. it was alicia silverstone needs a paycheck everyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> well but she's not- um um, yeah. Did I, they play any actual songs that appeared in the iconic Valley Girl soundtrack from the original? Because the trailer has none of them. Yeah. Um, uh, like I don't think so. No plimsolls? Jesus. I mean... No uh, No Josie Cotton? No, they're singing Take On Me in the trailer. Oh, yeah. fuck this. Right? Fuck like, this. Take on That's a travesty. That's a travesty right there. It's, Come on. It's, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's the, um, the structure of the original film, which I don't think was its strongest point, and it, it's missing Nicolas Cage being out of his goddamn mind. Uh, yeah. And Fred, and Frederick Ford. So this is Pop of Ages or, yeah. or something. Uh, Pop of Ages. That's. <laughs> do they sing a Madonna song? At uh, some point, yes. Um, Fuck God. this movie. Okay, no. Oh, how can? Oh, let me man. see. I'm so angry. Yeah. How can you do a Valley Girl musical and not use any of the music from the? Movie oh no! Valley what am I talking about? They did. They do. I melt with you at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, All right. Yeah. You have to have. You, that. you have to do that one. Yeah. 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 Okay. But like you need like the payolas, uh, eyes of a stranger and shit, and it has to actually feel like yeah, you know, coming of age and not not you know, Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, they do this, it as this a look like eighties Greece. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. I melt with you like as a duet when they come together in the end. Time. There's nothing you and I won't do 
sounds more like a like a high school musical version of Valley Girl. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that. It's kind of that. Okay. Good lord. (laughs) So for all of my negativity, did you enjoy it? I did. Because I'm a teenage girl. (laughs) You really are. You really are. It's not. Yeah, it's not great, but it's. It was. It was like. I don't know. And also, I'm locked in my home. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, but come on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it's enjoyable <laughs> on some level. I really am. Well, I mean, like, like, how many times do I come in here going, uh-oh, something shit again? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, your, your lead was uh, talking about your dog eating its own poop. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also it, just it's only, up. Yeah. It's, it's only uphill so, from there. So, so really, the dog is just emulating Eric's behavior. He's eating the poop of the '80s. <laughs> yeah. He's watching the Valley Girl musical. Yeah. I like yeah. that he's it's, he's it's blame, yeah. I like that he's blaming lockdown though. It's like, yeah, I can't do anything else, so I'm just gonna watch this movie where I have a hundred thousand other choices, but this is gonna work. <laughs> it's like, don't pull that. Oh, not shit. anymore. Are you kidding? Yeah. I've been here for a couple of months. I've watched everything. <laughs> okay. He's not like my dad. He's I, like, I've, I, 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 this I was, the, I was looking uh, at that as a potential movie to watch right i was like okay I'm, I'm gonna give this thing a chance and i watched that trailer and i'm just like i don't think i can do it but now you've got me considering maybe trying giving it a try do it, i was Ryan. completely the other way around i saw that thing and i was like oh shit they made a valley girl oh oh come on well run the preview i gotta see how bad this is and we watched a preview and i was like i i think i i think i like i think i like it i think i want to oh, okay. see it yeah it was just the <sighs> other way around God damn it. But no, I <laughs> I have seen so much Netflix. I have finally uh uh resolved the pattern of recent like like things you should watch and trending now and all those things are the exact same list of shit in a different order. <laughs> watch it again, trending now. Yeah. And they're all the same they're all the same shows, and most of them are Netflix content I didn't want to watch in the first place. So. Yeah. I think somebody should do okay. a YouTube channel of just somebody who sits in front of the Netflix menu and just goes, no, 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 no. Because it's literally, you know, 100,000 times. It's everyone. Yeah, it's like, no. no if you're going to do a no. YouTube channel, it's going to be somebody reacting to somebody doing that. Yeah. yeah I like it. I like it. Um. I, you know what? I'm going to throw an extra fresh shit in here because I haven't really been mentioning it, but in the background we've been watching on Netflix when we just want some something silly that will make us laugh every time, and damn it, it shouldn't. It's so it's so lame, but Nailed It is hilarious on Netflix. Yeah. Um, have you Nailed It. So you, have you seen like those memes or like, you know, Pinterest kind of things where somebody tries to make like a gourmet dish or a cake or something that's fancy, and then they just, it just, turns into like you know satan's melting face um there's a show about this now where they they bring in three people who don't know what they're doing and they have this french baker who's like you know make this elaborate thing out of modeling chocolate and you know handmade donuts and and then they have to do it and then they just you know fuck it all up and it's hilarious Okay. So nailed it is worth your time. Yeah. Is this like it's the so dumb, uh, but it's like it makes me laugh. Like Canada's Fix It Man, whatever that show was that you were into a couple years ago. Uh, Canada's worst handyman or yeah. Canada's worst driver. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, okay. Um it's different than that. It's more like a food network show where everybody is terrible. 
at what they're doing. And then so you like, just laugh at them. It's so like every Food Network show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Okay. <laughs> Eric, you got any other fresh? Yeah, really. Like, did you have anything? I, I kind of went working? on a. Well, I kind of went off on a research uh, hunt that maybe I don't know if you guys are familiar with the term Mary Sue. Yeah. Do you know what okay, a Mary yeah. Sue is? Tell us. Define it for our audience, and in case we're wrong. Yeah. Well, it, it, the thing is, it, 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 it's got several different definitions. I wasn't really familiar with it until this week, and I, because I, you know, I don't know. I don't complain about things, and I'm not a misogynist, but I, I, I found this thing while reading something about The Last Star Wars. A Mary Sue is a character who's overpowered and is the best thing in the whole universe, and Everything in the the story centers on this person and ultimately makes the story boring, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of different definitions. Another one I found that seemed more useful is uh, a character who's the center of the universe and the entire universe understands to act like this character is the center of the universe. Um, right, and there was a lot of talk about how Ray was a Mary Sue in the Force yeah. Awakens. Yeah. yeah, and which I don't know that that's fair, but I, I, going back to my distaste for Star Trek Discovery, I'm like, <clears throat> I think Michael mm. Burnham is definitely a Mary Sue, given mm. this definition. But it's also wrapped in like a thick, thick layer of of toxic sexism, and so I'm not really sure. I want to ever use Mary Sue for anything until somebody figures out what the fuck with mm. the, the 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 white man anger behind this term. It's like it, it's it's interesting to me that this points out a real writing flaw, and at the same time, it's kind of at the center of gender politics. Just to say anything about it, you know. So once again, the edge lords ruin everything. Ah, uh, the edge lords. Edge lords, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know what the men. Oh, never mind. That's a, yeah. What's what the goddamn hell is an edge lord? It, it comes from gaming culture. Just these, you know, think think the guys that were like way too into teabagging in Gears of War, right? Like, uh huh. Just super testosterone, small dick. You know, trying to be boastful. You know. Oh, okay. Jackasses. Edge lords. Oh. Got it. Is is our president an edge lord? Really, really in a new metal. Our president wishes he was an edge lord. He, <laughs> he admires. Aspires, he inspires to well, be. At an least edgelord. I have chicken. Hey, at least we got a space force. Fuck everybody. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Why would you bring this up, Mary Sue thing though? You went on like a rabbit hole. You said because that's what I spent a lot of time doing on, uh, um, on YouTube. This week was was hunting around what this this Barry Sue is and uh, okay, <clears throat> I'm like yeah. A lot of people said Ray is, and then the response argument is if Ray is, then Luke Skywalker is. Well, yeah, and a Mary Sue mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be a girl. It's just the the term. But the idea is that the whole story kind of pinions on one character, and the entire universe realizes it. And I'm like, yeah. It, it's not about men or women. It's it's about oh, and, and Mary Sue as a term came out of Star Trek fan fiction, 
where somebody wrote fan fiction and basically inserted themselves in as the main character and everyone in the story is like, wow, you're so awesome, Mary Sue. Thank you. I think I'll be captain now. Oh, we'd be so happy if you were captain now. <laughs> and really, it's uh, trash. Yeah, this yeah, is it's trash. Thing, basically, but... It's basically where an author is, is inserting themselves into a storyline and the per- character is like super perfect, you know. Yeah. It's yeah, like, that kind of like thing. say, like say George Luke, us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Oh, Luke is George Lucas. Oh, he wrote himself right, into the right, goddamn right, thing, right? Like right, it was right, fan fiction, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, right. Uh, anyway, that's what all I got. I, 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 I'm, I'm. There's probably other stuff that I'm like, you know, it's okay. Gonna, gonna find. To go down a YouTube rabbit hole of research, yeah. but yeah. this week I mean, it was what is a Mary Sue, and yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily you're in quarantine, so you've got all the time in the world, right? I keep trying to figure out why everything that comes out these days is written so badly, and it's it's like there's all these issues that I guess are causing it. It's it's not just gender politics; it's <laughs> no one's in charge or. You know, hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I can't. Things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Why things are all kind of written badly. <laughs> Does anybody know? Because uh, um, people are dumb. Cause, They've cause always been dumb, but they yeah. used to know how to write. <laughs> well, you know. Because uh, everyone's got a printing press? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Well, if, All right, if you like mind. if you like good <laughs> writing, uh, Hulu just started the show called The Great, uh, Catherine the Great, and it's sort of like a comic drama, satiric, almost history. I've been uh, watching that. It's pretty fun. I've been watching it too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's very very much like a, an anachronistic look at the Russian monarchy. Uh, right before Catherine Great does her coup and takes over the country, uh, but it's, Elle Fanning is uh, interesting in the because she's got this weird accent. Like nobody has an actual Russian accent, which is <laughs> awesome. And they all just kind of flounce around doing court intrigue and basically just shitting on each other. But Nicholas Holt as Peter the Emperor is a total fucking douchebag, and it's so funny to watch him just cut loose in something like that. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's been a fun show, but I'd recommend anybody who hasn't seen it yet should should watch it because it's uh it's pretty hilarious. If you ask me, the great it's called the great, and then there's like a little okay. asterisk that says uh, a mostly true history or something like that. So they sort of <laughs> c- condensed uh, the early rise of Catherine the Great uh, to take over the country of Russia, uh, and there's a lot of palace intrigue and other stuff. So it's make Russia great again. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Nicholas Holt is Peter. It's sort of like, dude, that is full on how I envision Trump in the white house right now. (laughs) Just this petulant fucking spoiled child that thinks everybody loves him because he's the king. It's like, no, uh, they may pretend to love you, but they probably don't really love you. I mean, that's sort of the gist of his character. So it's, it's fun. But if you've ever seen stuff like Versailles, or the Tudors, or any of that, 
like actual historical drama stuff, uh, this Mm -hmm. really just takes the piss out of them because it's not taking it seriously at all. It's just sort of taking the loose beats of the history and just having fun with it. So it's, it's a good time. So, yeah, Ah. but it's, it's written by the guy that wrote the favorite. Uh, so it's got a lot of that flavor, I guess. Okay. So, yeah. So Hmm. if you're intrigued, try that instead of Valley Girl, the musical, sir. No, I was going to watch Scoob. (laughs) You should watch Scoob. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, but that's all I've, uh, You should watch Valley Girl. Yeah. Or, or watch Valley Girl with Scoob, like picture in picture. I, I, watching the trailer for the Valley Girl musical made me want to watch Valley Girl. The movie. Anyway. Yeah. Um, what else yeah. you got, Chris? Uh, I, that's really all I've been watching this week. Otherwise, I, I finished rereading Dune by Frank Herbert. Uh, I hadn't read it in like 24 years. Yeah, books. Oh, yeah. Reading books. But I forgot how good that book was, but I also forgot how like abruptly it just ends. It's like everything yeah. is the build up to his takeover of the the throne and like literally the last chapter. I was reading it in bed like and the ticker because I forgot there's all kinds of appendixes and stuff to follow and so you just it looks like you have a bunch left to read so I'm just trying to stay awake to to read as much as I can to get through what I think is a this an, another chapter and then it just ends. He like kills Fade Rayaltha and then takes over the throne and then that's yeah. it. It's like, what? and he starts, <laughs> he starts his series and then like each book in the series gets more and more kind of boring. Yeah. I, I started mean, the reading, second one, he's, yeah. he's barely in, he wandered off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've started reading Dune Messiah, which is the second one. It bases 12 years after Dune and Paul is emperor, Maud Deeb. And then it's just all of the palace intrigue. And I'm literally like almost a third of the way through and i'm like nothing has happened yet (laughs) what What annoys me about that book (laughs) is that that 12 years in between the first one and the second one they tell you all of the wicked interesting shit that happened like the jihad and the planetary battles and all this neat shit and they say don't worry don't worry we're not going to talk about any of that no no we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna go back to the the throne room yeah yeah it's just eh. But Dune is a, still a really awesome book, and it's definitely one of the, the top-tier luminous sci-fi novels of all time. Uh, and the movie will be out at some point, right? The new movie? Not the old yeah. movie. Not yeah, the, not the, the David Lynch. Two. Yeah. Like the, the, the David... Venu, or however that's his name. Yeah. Which should the be good. The Blade Runner 2049. Because the, the yeah. miniseries they did for the sci-fi network back in the late 90s was pretty lame and then the david lynch movie is interesting to watch but it's got little to do with the actual fucking book <laughs> so it's just are you funny. kidding uh i mean they take some some bold liberties so it's not quite a i mean they have to make some stuff up like you know yeah to make it filmy yeah. like the 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 weapons made of sound or whatever but yeah, i like that yeah yeah other otherwise they he kept most of the dialogue that Frank yeah. Herbert wrote, and that's what makes it actually good. I'm actually afraid that if they do the new Dune, they don't they don't include the way the characters speak because to me that's yeah. the best part of that book. Well, I think where it would. So have- I'm going to go into that new Dune. Uh, unlike everybody else, 
totally cold. I haven't read the books. I really? haven't seen the David Lynch film. I haven't watched the sci-fi series. I've got none of it in my head. Oh, well, um, okay. So Interesting. Uh, It'll be an interesting test case. So uh, my brother was big into the books, and I just, I, it just never was my thing. The, Don't the, know why. The first one is awesome. I'll, I'll just, I'm telling you right now. But, uh, I'm surprised they're letting that guy make the make Dune because you know he's kind of his, tra- his track record. Yeah, I guess the arrival. I'm not sure if that made money, but it did. It did. Uh, yeah. uh, I think okay. he just gets a bad rap. I mean, his movies it's... are gorgeous, and they work with critics. They just aren't making money. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, Blade Runner. No shit, it wasn't going to make money. Neither did the first one. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like the first movie his that. I ever saw was Sicario. Uh, and I had really little. That's to, him. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I so I watched him. And went holy shit! That was an amazing movie. <laughs> so I, was, yeah. I was riveted. Uh, and then and then I found out all the other stuff he did. I was like, holy shit! That's him. Okay, interesting. So yeah, fun, fun. Yeah, he's he's great at um, I don't know what to what to call it. Environmental horror. Yeah. It's like you you don't really know why you're so unsettled, but you really are. Yeah. Well, that that's Dune. So, yeah, before we get to our topic, I I need to, I don't have a bumper for this, but we kind of need a segment here, which is, oh my God, somebody actually said something to us. Um, (laughs) So we got a comment, (laughs) uh, got a comment on an earlier episode, our budget bands episode. Yeah. Uh, Splinter Messiah writes, stabbing westward is not a nine inch nails knockoff. Maybe you should do some research on them. They actually Ooh, formed before Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Mm. So combine this with the fact that one of my buddies uh, from, you know, co- former coworker was doing that thing on Facebook, was like post nine albums, and one of my buddies posted a Nine Inch, or, sorry, <laughs> a Stabbing Westward album, and I kind of made fun of him. And yeah. this all happened in one week. So apparently I've pissed off all the Stabbing Westward fans out there. Which was not um, our intention. Okay. Yeah. Technically, well, you're right. Stabbing Westward formed in 1985. Uh, Nine Inch Nails was 88, and their first album was in 89 for Nine Inch Nails. The first album released by Stabbing Westward was in 1992 and bears a not insignificant influence from the 1989 first Nine Inch Nails album, but I digress. Fine. They formed before Nine Inch Nails. They were influenced by the same other bands, Front 242 and Depeche Mode and all of the early industrial stuff. But really, which band would you rather listen to? If, you know, right now, Stabbing Westward or Nine Inch Nails? I don't think it's much of a contest, guys. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate your feedback. Yeah. And if I pissed you off, send us more, and we yeah. can keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, it's I, but it's it's just like the old quote. It's like uh, everybody's got an opinion, uh, and they all stink, basically, to clean it up. <laughs> now we we ask people to write us their opinions. I'm I, I like that somebody calls us out on shit. You know, yeah. yeah. But you know what? You're right. You are right, Splinter Messiah. They formed before Nine Inch Nails. Thanks wow. for writing. I don't know. You sound pretty salty <laughs> <Yeah>. about this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's not nine inch nails, I, man. Yeah. You don't mess with Brian's nine inch nails. I, you know what? I'm wrong about something. I get to be annoyed by being called out on being wrong, right? <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah. Although it's just, Fine. it's just, hey, your opinion's wrong because this is my opinion that digresses from your opinion, and that's that's the argument. 
It's airtight. It's airtight. Yes, stabbing westward is better. Fresh goes better. So fresh but you threw the the theme out, and uh, and it's really wide open. So can you can you clarify for the audience uh, what specifically uh, we will be uh, discussing? These are some comedy albums. Uh, they used to be a bigger deal before, well, stand up comedy specials took over. But back in the day, you had you know vinyl and tapes and CDs and you'd you'd get as a comic performer about an hour to do whatever you wanted and usually that was stand up comedy or bits from your set but sometimes it was really genius sort of audio theater uh and some of these were a really big deal like i think i think the the crowning achievement of this genre uh was Steve Martin wild and crazy guy Let's repeat the non-conformist oath. I promise to be different. I promise to be, I promise to be unique. I promise, I promise not to repeat things other people say. Good. Yeah. Anybody? Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. That, that that was certainly got our attention as yeah, kids. Because that was like a, a yeah. like a double platinum Grammy winning deal because that yeah. was like the 70s and are weird it's like you could you could actually be bigger than a rock band by just being a comedian it was a yeah. weird time uh, and this was the only real distribution for comedy because there was no cable tv there was no internet <clears throat> there was just albums and before cds albums on vinyl they were like four or five bucks you could yeah. actually afford shit uh so yeah that comedy, the, 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 the one pipeline for comedy that you, unlike stand-up specials, which were only just starting, were vinyl albums. Yeah. And so like, you get a lot of really great stuff, and you get a lot of really horrible stuff. <laughs> That's true. Well, it, I was reading, reading a little bit on it, and I was shocked by this, but uh, I guess Bob Newhart, back in 1960, came out with the button mine. Button down mind yep. of Bob Newhart. And apparently he had some some of his act that a DJ friend of his just showed to some guys at a record label and they said, Yeah, let's do this. We'll just record you in the club. He'd never had a, a nightclub appearance at that point. So like, okay, well, we need to get you a nightclub appearance. So he had never stepped on stage and did his act before these record guys said, Hey, do this. <laughs> and then uh so that one comes out, makes makes some waves. And then the second one comes out like a year later, the button down mind strikes back. Uh, and it went to number one. And I, and according to this thing that I'm reading, uh, both albums occupied the top two spots for nearly 30 weeks. And that was a record that was not surpassed until 91 when Guns N' Roses took over. <laughs> I'm like, that's yeah. Bob. And that's wow. not just the comedy charts. It's like the Billboard charts. I was like, what? So, yeah. yeah. I, I have that album, The Button Down Mind of Bob Newhart. And it's funny. It, it, and it, but it is also... The the source of all those jokes about Bob Newhart stand up that is just and and now I'm gonna be on the phone. Hello, yeah. uh, y y yes, I am here. Yeah. Well, no, 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 I'm not wearing pants. Right? What, what are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you're repeating everything someone says to you on a phone. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah, that's that was definitely what I wanted to bring up. Uh, 
And then the the other one too that sort of weirds me out. It's got a special place in history. It's the the guy called his name is Von Meter, and he did that album, The First Family, which was basically just a a, a joke about the Kennedy family. Uh, came out in mm-hmm. like 1962 or something, and he sold like seven million copies or something. But then, of course, Kennedy gets shot, and the whole thing just goes into the wazoo because uh, <laughs> you can't really make jokes about <laughs> that anymore. Yeah. But my favorite apocryphal story was uh, right after the Kennedy assassination, Lenny Bruce was doing a show and everybody was waiting to hear what he had about the Kennedy assassination. Uh, and the first thing he said when he came out was, Vaughn Meter is screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Comedy man. So uh, I... I came at this and I was struggling with it a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I can I can talk about the the path I went down, but I'm not I'm not sure if that's on topic. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> like we, like your process is that what you want to get into? What was well, my process? Okay. So I didn't listen to as many comedy albums uh, as a kid as I did listen to the Doctor Demento show. That's where I got most of this. So yeah. I got like excerpts from comedy albums a lot the comedy albums i did listen to um every one of them kind of has some some challenges bringing them up so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna rip the band-aid off and say i listened the hell out of some early bill cosby albums yeah as a kid Mm -hmm. Uh, to wrestle my brother whom i slept with and himself specifically and I went back and revisited uh, the Bill Cosby album because I, th- I thought I was going to come at this show with a thesis about how Bill Cosby's, you know, comedy about being a kid uh, holds up. And it so does not because <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and listen to, uh, to Russell, my brother who I slept with, uh, you realize that what you're listening to is first of all him recounting how much child abuse his father inflicted on him. Yeah. Come <laughs> um, here. Yeah. And then the what was well, the other no, bit? Damn it. <laughs> I thought my well, name was this, Damn it. So no the the bit about in, how he's putting frogs in his dad's drink. I mean, he was always saying like, what's wrong with that boy? You know, I put a frog in his milk one time, man. <laughs> It was really cool, man. Put that frog in his milk. He didn't even know it, man. He went to reach for his milk in the frog. <laughs> What's wrong with that boy? And the dad's like, What's wrong with that boy? And it's like, Oh, you don't even know, dude. The frogs were just the first thing. <laughs> um, and then, like, the rest of it's about how he, like, punches his brother in the eye and tries to, to get away with it. And it's just like Bill Cosby being a dick. And yeah. making jokes about it, and I'm like, yeah. this didn't age well, did it? Oh, there's so. there's a whole whole other thing with him and uh, Robert Culp talking about, ooh, Spanish fly knocks a woman out, makes her want to oh, have sex oh. with you. Ooh, we gotta get us some ooh. Spanish fly. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's God. Yeah. So. It's tough because yeah, I grew up with uh. with a lot of the Bill Cosby stuff too, but uh, it's knowing what we know now, it's very hard to listen to i'm just gonna say that mm. <laughs> to put it politely yeah but you know and the image of bill cosby and bill cosby himself versus like the cosby show right like bill cosby himself is 
you know, the wife is like, I want you to kill the boy. You know, it's like, go beat our son. <laughs> and that's that's not quite how he projected himself as a father. Uh, yeah, so it really, it made me sad because I remember laughing my ass off at that stuff as a kid and now it's kind of ruined. Yeah, um, it's, it's tough. Because uh, I have the same thing with the early Eddie Murphy albums. Like... 83-ish when he just hit and became the huge star. I have both the the records and I loved them when I was, you know, 12, 13 because uh, they're they're dirty, they're raw, uh, they're mm-hmm. not very... They're delirious. Appropriate. They're, oh, uh, sorry. They're, yeah. they're gay panic. Yeah. yeah. But the you gay panic now, you're like, wow. <laughs> I did jokes about... you can now, I did jokes about homosexuals about a couple years ago and faggots were mad. They were like... <laughs> And they were, it's nothing like having a nation of fags looking for you. I'd be at parties. There's always two or three homosexuals at a party. And they'd be standing around looking at you. They'd be looking at everything. But, you know, you got to realize he was like, what, like 2021 when he, when he did it. Uh, and I also everyone material. hated gay people in this country. Yeah. There was no pro-gay stance unless you were gay. It, 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 it was this weird cultural moment. <laughs> right before we learned empathy, apparently. But that so was so much the early eighties comedy. What just assumes that gay panic is hilarious? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's Police a, it's, Academy yeah. or like I don't know everything basically. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, in in going back and looking over, like there's the stuff from the seventies. So there's the Cosby, uh, Carlin, obviously Steve Martin, uh, that kind of stuff. And then we come back to Carlin, yeah. And then it morphs into the 80s where like, they start getting stand-up specials on HBO, and then it starts to drift away from the records, mm-hmm. like Eric was saying. Uh, yeah. And then by the 90s, you've got stuff like the Comedy Network, which becomes Comedy Central, and then you're really not seeing, uh, at least to me, not seeing a lot of records, but apparently they're still making like albums and selling them. Uh, but they're all sort of morphing into I, these stand-up specials. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. usually recordings of the stand-up specials. Like, yeah, uh, Carlin was started was the first one to do like an HBO special every year, and there would be a recording of it. So there was an album, but really the main thing was the HBO special. Yeah, I mean, and uh, it was sort of him yeah. transitioning out of recording. Which and I don't but, mind the stand-up specials because for me it, it sort of added the visual element because that's the one thing when you're listening to a comedy album and they do a visual joke and you hear the big laugh from the crowd but you're like I'm not part of this I don't understand what's going on so it's it, that was always yeah. sort of wild and crazy guy was like that yeah right like I, was the whole King Tut and the banjos and the arrow through the head thing yeah, like, yeah. there was a lot of slapsticky visual comedy in Steve Martin's act. Yeah. I guess the thing is I don't mind like a stand-up set as an album. I'm just thinking back way back when uh it was one of many different approaches to doing a comedy album and then it just sort of became the default like yeah. the only way you're going to record is if you're recording your set. There was a great well, um story of of Doug Stanhope doing his first like comedy special for Comedy Central. And him coming out on stage and everybody's clapping. And the first thing he says is, what's my name? You know, because (laughs) they just pile in a bunch of people to watch one comic (laughs) after another to do a special. He's like, you have no idea who I am. Um, 
it's it's kind of like that. It just turns into product, but yeah, there was something neat about you could do your stand up set or you could you know have like a wild ass concept. Uh, I, I I you remember the Bob and Doug McKenzie album? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I thought that was so smart. I loved that. <laughs> well, that that it was the- like we're not just going to do bits. We're going to you know form an entire. I guess, presentation. Well, and that's sort of born out of, like, the National Lampoon stuff, too. And even before Lampoon, then you have stuff like Firesign Theater, which are taking the idea of the comedy record, but they're doing these, like, weird sonic landscapes that Mm -hmm. may or may not be funny, depending on either, A, how high you are, or B, like, what college you go to. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I want to know if you know this, because... I, I I haven't found it yet, and I need to go go look it up. And I think it was Lampoon. We uh, we had a classmate. His name was Pat. He was in uh, the drama, you know, plays with us. And he played for me um, this record. And I thought it was Spike Jones and his City Slickers, or just Spike Jones. It could have been Fire Sign, but maybe it was the National Lampoon. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I was trying to Google for it, and all I could find was the official National Lampoon Stereo Test and Demonstration Record. Yeah. The idea is, it's, it's a, it's a record to, to demonstrate how good your hi-fi stereo is, and it, what it amounts to is like really irritating noises, you know, recorded <laughs> in the highest possible quality. So here's a bell that like creeps into your inner ear and makes you want to die, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that, and that, I just remember laughing my ass off. And I don't know who did it though. Familiar sound number three: nails on the window pane, loud. Familiar sound number four: nails on the blackboard, low. Familiar sound number five: nails on the blackboard medium and yeah and it's it, that sounds like something that maybe like uh like donahue would do from uh saturday night live i can't remember his name uh but one of the writers mr mike Bill hartman yeah mr oh. mike mr mike oh oh no okay uh, yeah but, but yeah no, they, I, I think it was i think it was uh i think it was spike jones but i can't find it well, I, yeah, anyway, I, I forgot about Spike Jones. There's your Dr. Demento book right there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, but all those like late 60s, early 70s sort of deals were almost like comedy deconstruction. Uh, and so it's weird. And then you get into the full hardcore, just straight up stand up stuff in the 80s. Uh, and it's almost like night and day to me. So it's just a really strange yeah. sort of progression. Uh, but Eric had posted. Like to do the the good, the bad, and the weird, and he sent that link to us for the that Chevy Chase album, and I tried to listen. Yeah, man. I tried to fucking. Listen, oh, it's so bad. Was, oh my god! It's like how much I, coke I had was that he as on? a kid. Oh, I had that as a kid because at uh, uh, Smitty's, which is you know the grocery store in 1970s Arizona, uh, they had a record section with a comedy section, and I would always sort of 
just raid the comedy albums, which were three or four dollars, so a kid could afford them. And I was like, Chevy Chase, he's a funny person, I hear. I will bring this home. And yeah, I, I was so angry. It was such shit. Yeah, it's it's awful on so many levels because it's not funny. It's just like it's coke fueled madness. Is what it is. Yeah, and ego. Yeah, it, it is like all so ego. Chevy Chase's <laughs> entire act, his entire career. Cocaine and ego. Yeah. Cocaine and ego. Yeah. That would have been a great album title. Cocaine and ego. (laughs) But it just proves that Chevy Chase needs other funny people to actually be. I shot the sheriff. Then I guess I shot some THC. I shot my elbow. But I did not feel a thing, you see. No, no, I did not feel it. So. I, I, I want to cycle back to George Carlin because I need to say my introduction to George Carlin was Eric performing George Carlin at school. He was doing Icebox Man for like in like fifth grade talent grade show or some yeah. shit. Thanks. Yeah, and then in fifth grade he roped me in to to being Mrs. Burns in the oh here comes that handsome Mister Land again sketch. Um, <laughs> that we did wow in class oh yeah so my introduction to carlin was eric's version of carlin that's oh man that's probably better yeah i just want to say uh i yeah i did that talent show thing of icebox band and then mrs p's the out of touch horrible wrinkled cunt lady uh who taught fifth grade and I guess edited the school newspaper or whatever was like, why don't you write a copy of that to put in the, the paper? And I was like, okay, but it's not mine. I didn't write it. This is George Carlin. And she's like, well, just, you know, just write it for the thing. Okay. But you can't, it's not mine. And I, I finally, <laughs> she, she, she ends up putting it in there as like, you know, by Eric Reed as interpreted by George Carlin. She had no idea what I was telling her. And oh, the my. following year, <laughs> A whole, there's a whole thing where, I guess, I got in trouble. They called in my parents because I was supposed to write something about who I want to grow up to be like, and everyone did, like, my mom, my uncle, and I wrote a whole thing about how I wanted to be George Carlin, and <laughs> they, they, they call in my parents and tell him, and Eric made up some person named George Carlin my dad starts Your laughing dad his ass his off. Yes, yes. And my mom, my mom starts just staring like like that sort of that intense Gestapo terror stare that she has. <laughs> and I guess my dad was just like, "All right, I gotta get back to work. You handle this." And my mom was like, "Are you? Are you? Did, did were you there for the '60s? Do you have any idea of like who anyone?" <laughs> It's like he didn't make up George Carlin, you know. Who yeah, do you really. think did that 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 talent show thing he did last year? Yeah, and Let me tell so you, I know my son, and there is no way he could be that creative. <laughs> <laughs> but Miss Bees comes to me, and she's like, like the one thing she has, you know, to I guess save face somehow is to come at me and go, "Why didn't you tell me you didn't write that Icebox Man thing?" I did. I goddamn jolly well did. It was written by George Carlin. That's why I had you write that in there. And yeah. Oh, I hated that woman so much. I'm so glad she's probably dead. I'm so glad. It's yeah. So 
even Carlin, though, who, you know, man, do I find myself agreeing with him a lot. Um, I, I was trying to listen to some of his stuff this week, and I, I ran across a, a later bit. Uh, I really like it when a whole lot of people die. <laughs> which it, was supposed to be all, the name of that special until 9-11 happened. Yeah. First of all, it sounds a lot like Eric most of the time. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, just, I just like it when people are dead. I'm just and, being honest. But, it's <laughs> yeah, but he gets he gets to the end and he starts talking about a pandemic and food shortages and fires and I'm like it was funnier before this year, you know? Yeah. The emergency vehicles can't get through and sick people begin to die. And the people who aren't sick begin to panic and try to escape the city. And a lot of them get trampled to death. And at the same time, one of, them, one of those month-long global warming heat waves comes along and starts killing old people and babies. And there's still no electrical power through air conditioning and no water for sanitation. So contagious diseases begin to break out, like cholera and typhus and dysentery. And all the old people and babies become infected and start to die. And the infected People become deranged and demented, and they start storming the hospitals demanding medicines, and the hospitals can't handle the casualties, so the sick and infected people start rioting and looting and burning their clothing in the street, and the flames drive them crazy, and they start killing people and lighting hundreds of buildings on fire, and since there's no water, the entire city begins to burn, and the natural gas lines start exploding, and the people who aren't sick yet get angry and start shooting the sick people, sick people, and hanging them from lab posts and looting although, homes and stores. Although, to be honest, I love working from home this much. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Oh, fuck. So the, the stuff in the 80s is pretty much, to me, just pretty basic. I don't really remember any of it apart from, like, the, the big high notes, like Eddie Murphy and such. Uh, yeah. And it's not until you get into the early 90s where it sort of sees this weird resurgence. Uh, Does it, or are those just stand-up albums? Like, Well, no, because you know, I... The Sam Kennison and the Dice Clay and all that. I guess that was like late 80s. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I don't remember much of any of that stuff. Uh, like, the other links that Eric had posted were from that Adam Sandler, his first album. They're all going to laugh at you. They're all going to laugh at you, yeah. And as much as so I fun. hate Adam Sandler right now, uh, I listened to the shit out of that album. Yeah, I'm you got to admit, those were, those were funny. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. And it really would make me laugh every time. Because it's just so dumb. It is so dumb. <laughs> like the whole what? Like the the signature uh, bit. They're all gonna laugh at you, and it's the basically it's the mom from Carrie, and it's just they're all gonna go out and do this and that, mom. What do you think? They're all gonna laugh at you, and he just won't say anything other than that. And it's just like, what in the hell is going on? They're all gonna laugh at you. Oh, mom, you're so old fashioned. It's like, what is this shit? I, and I get the feeling those were all like sketch ideas he had for no! SNL that they wouldn't do. And so he was like, oh, well, maybe yeah. we'll use them all here. Yeah. Waste not, want not. Well, the, the ode to my car was the one that got me, right? Because, I mean, because it was just a profane song, really, but it was. Uh, yeah. It, it was good. Yeah. My car's a big piece of shit. Cause these shocks are fucking shot. Well, my seatbelt's fucking broken. I got to tie it in a knot. It's a piece of shit. I can't see through the windshield. Cause he's got a big fucking crack. And the interior smells real bad. Cause my friend puked in the back. But it's, it's really, uh, in retrospect, fairly one note. It's harder to listen to now because it's just, uh, you know, 
it hasn't aged well because it's just this one one note through the entire album uh like the comedy of of adam sandler really yeah basically uh so nowadays not so much uh but it did remind me of also back in that time which makes me wonder how questionable my taste was uh listen to the hell out of the jerky boys also we were high like don't forget we were (laughs) high as fuck we were listening to this stuff while baked so you know that's our excuse yeah uh didn't <laughs> like the jerky boys i never did i just thought it was dumb yeah it's it's hard now it's hard now uh basically that like that devolves into like the crank anchor show on comedy central yeah. so it's basically just yeah. jerky boys with puppets i'm like and oh, there's God. there's still stuff like that going on like i can't even i don't even know what they're called now but i like they've got their own quiz show with jamila jamil or whatever and yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, 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 what are you what are you talking about sir what are you look you jerky little ass i ought to split your nuts off the side of your face what what uh, did you order what did you order sir? i told you i ordered those fava beans over there you got them things fucking stinking up the house now just fava beans yeah, the fava beans with all that silly little juice on there, you fucking wacky ass. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't serve any fava beans there. All right, you're angry me now. So it's yeah, yeah. So but they were definitely the... successful. You can't, you yeah. can't, you know. I guess they, they are the final chapter probably in comedy albums because after that it was just stand up. <laughs> they killed it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they made like every, you know white male in the country go god damn it i wish i had taped my crank calls i had some funny ones yeah yeah and it's not uh but also out of that time the early 90s late 80s uh were the like the super weird one that i still think are super weird uh but i still listen to them and they make me laugh and one i mentioned earlier is the fire sign theater uh which was this troop of comic guys that did basically a riff on radio shows uh so they're all these like you introduced me to them and i am so thankful i I got them from my they were so genius i got them from my uncle he has the record i still have the records uh but i remember we would play nick danger third eye like over and over and and over grit your teeth and clench your fists it's time for the adventures of nick danger third eye This is Nick Danger speaking, and here's a tough little story I like to call Lucky Liability. You see, it all started when I got a call from Lieutenant Alvin Bradshaw down at Fun Fun Town Police Headquarters. Hey, Nicky, I got a little problem here. Problem, Al? What, too little authority? Not enough people to boss around? Not enough laws to enforce? Well, yeah, but this is even worse. The Fried Food and Drug Administration has called a town-wide alert. People are as fat as can be. But the courtroom is empty. Nobody's suing anyone over this. Because it's like a, a, a 25 this. minute bit, and it's just them doing like an old radio serial about an, a private eye. Uh, but it's just so out there, man. It's, <laughs> it's just I can't even explain it. But like they do the things where they're, it's him following the the leads, and they goes to the mansion, and then you know he's like, oh, coming out of the the wet, uh, put your shoes by the fire there. He's like, are these my shoes? Are these my cues? You know, I mean, it's like, what in the fuck is going on? I can't even describe it right now, but we'll get the clip. Yeah, it, it, they are so weird, they defy retelling a joke. They, my favorite is still the one where somebody calls him and says, you know, is this, is this Nick Danger? He's like, no, I'm sorry, this is Nick Danger, third eye. He clicks, he hangs up the phone, and you hear the guy on the other line go, what? <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so, yeah, like, that one got a that. 
that one got a lot of mileage for some reason. Uh, but then Eric introduced us to the Negative Land from the Over the Edge series, and it's Pastor Dick Muriel's Purse Fund, uh, <laughs> which, which to this day, uh, I almost wet myself every time I listen to it because it's just yeah, that was so goddamn weird and funny. Uh, but it's basically about a pastor doing his regular religious show, but uh, somebody stole one of his parishioners' purses, and so he's getting the blame for it, even though we come to realize that he's the one that actually stole it. I realize you probably don't have a steady job. Um, how much did you wish to donate to Muriel's Purse Fund? Because I come out with $5 already. Could you afford $5? You could? Okay, uh, that's payable to Muriel's Purse Fund, Box 54, Concord, California. Okay. Thanks. Uh, and he's trying to get people to donate money so that he can pay for it. <laughs> and he's telling people to call in with their their sins uh and then he takes a drink of champagne. he'll take a drink yeah and so by the end he's just fall over drunk and everything just sort of goes left of center oh it's just so ridiculous it like ends with like mickey rooney giving his like concluding speech from the 1935 version of a midsummer night's dream it's like what in the hell is going on and it and it makes me laugh every single time so those are probably the two weirdest things uh, that I've ever listened to on any sort of audio recording uh, that stalled up to me. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. I I I I must. I I would also recommend. This is this is largely a show about recommendation lists of funny shit to listen to while you're stuck in your house. So uh, there'll be a list of funny shit to listen to now that you're stuck in your house uh, as often as possible links to YouTube videos of the funny shit that you should listen to while you're stuck in your house. But the 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 big one on my list is uh Rick Moranis's You Me, the Music and Me, which was a <laughs> CBC release. Uh I IRS only released it in Canada. You couldn't really find it anywhere. I had a Canadian friend who gave me a cassette bootleg of the album. I read the news today, oh boy, about a lucky man who made the grave. The news was rather sad Well, I just had to laugh I saw the photograph He blew his mind out in a car He didn't notice that the lights had changed A crowd of people stood and stared They'd seen his face before Nobody was really sure if he was from the House of Lords I saw a film today, oh boy, the English army had just won the war. And it, 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 it was basically Rick Moranis' funniest bits from SCTV, but also shit he actually came up with on his own. It's funny. It was, it was not a stand-up album, it was just a funny album. It's kind of what I was thinking of when I wanted to do this show. I was thinking of this, and I was thinking of how bad the Chevy Chase album was. And how much I wanted to talk about how fucking awful that Chevy Chase album is. Like the opening track of that thing is just him, like presumably doing the national anthem at a baseball game, and it's all of like the feedback on the microphone, but it like doesn't go anywhere. And yeah. I, I literally I listened to all like four minutes of it, and I thought, <laughs> what was the point? Where was this going? Like, were they? Yeah, yeah, they were high. It was, yeah, it was, and now the FBI Glee Club sings the national anthem, and then it's a bunch of guys going, and I'm like, is the joke that the FBI cannot sing? 
Or is the joke that the FBI are alcoholics? Or, like, yeah. what is the joke exactly? Yeah. There is yeah. no joke. There is no joke. Uh, yeah. And he does, like, uh, Rapper's Delight. And, he, he, oh, that's right. You didn't listen to the rest of it. He, no. he basically does Rapper's Delight. And and it's it's a white guy, again, a white guy, middle-aged white guy from the 80s who doesn't understand rap. And, you know, how hilariously stupid this rapping is. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Which I think just goes to show comedy is subjective. Right? That album is, you know, it's subjective because you need to be Chevy Chase to think it's funny. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's I just, okay. It's that's a, fair. I've got a whole bunch of uh, other things that, I, that were albums that were funny that are music based. And I think that since I'm supposed to pick the next show topic, I think, and we're kind of at the end time wise, I think that's like a whole other show's he, worth of material. I'd say we can yeah. go there. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so okay. check the show notes for this week's show. Check out all this funny stuff that Eric's been talking about and that we've all been bringing up. Come back next try week because we're gonna I'm have gonna, more. I'm gonna provide a link to a YouTube channel, like a playlist of all this stuff, because I'm sure this is all available for free on the YouTubes. Yeah, you can check all it right. out. So yeah. check the show notes for a link to that. Uh, if you want to hear our old episodes, like if you want to go hear us talk about budget bands and leave us a comment about how wrong we are about stabbing westward, you can or, find those old shows oh, or anything on our you're website. You're really taking that one to heart, aren't you? <laughs> you can go to maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com uh, for all our old episodes. Or just you know subscribe to the podcast, and there's a whole lot of episodes to listen to. Uh, rate us on your podcast app of choice. And hit us up. Uh, tell, tell us how wrong I am about Stabbing Westward on Twitter. You can go to at MagHuge and tell me I suck. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page, The Magnificently Huge Podcast, and uh, tell me why there's like a bunch of Stabbing Westward songs that sound more like Depeche Mode or Front 242. Uh, or you can go to Instagram, and I won't see it because I don't check the Instagram, but we're there. And Or you can send an email to MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com and, and make fun of me there. Okay. Let me just let me just say also if you just want to tell me I suck, I'll just agree with you cuz I've been saying I suck for like years. So if you don't want to like I guess I guess challenge the dragon that is Brian Kruger. Uh you yeah. can always just say I suck. Well, I'm okay with it. Hey Eric. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> <laughs>